hey kids, you uh, you trying to get into Segment City? Well, you really shouldn't, because Segment City is a mature podcast, and listener discretion is advised. I'm just trying to look at, I know I'm in an alleyway, I know, I know how I look, but I got some fireworks for you kids. I got snakes and I got sparklers, that's all I got. Oh, don't give me that. You know, Will, sometimes audios just have to crash and then you make new lemonade out of new podcasting. Yes? I'm furious. Sometimes life gives you (laughs) shitty audio uh, experience and you have to make pies out of the... the, bad lemon pies out of the lemon. Just like grandma used to make terrible shitty pies. You know, this is your... lemonade pies. Yeah, terrible. This is my lemonade pies. It was... This was sad because we had a great opening. I gotta say. We talked about a lot of great stuff. But now it's lost Audacity crashed in the middle of will dying laughing which is what i live for uh-huh he was on a hot streak we're doing and a b- wham bam he he just the metrics were too high and his computer couldn't handle it yeah i was we're doing bits goof scaffs and we uh, it was too much it was too much for my computer <laughs> and it destroyed your brand it. new computer you forgot to install the goof <laughs> drive you know it just I it, did. It exceeded was- <laughs> the goof level it couldn't handle it it has 10 fans, but it has no goofs. <laughs> it's it's very yeah, you serious got all of the airy. fans to, to get the goofs into the computer, but you have nowhere to store them. Mm. Now, do we want to just kind of do a little uh, eulogy for the for the 10 minutes that we lost? <laughs> <laughs> it's not, you know, I'm sure there have been greater tragedies in the podcast world, but frankly, I can't think of no. one. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a good ten minutes. I was happy with the beginning of the podcast, but now you got to be happy with what we're putting out, which is this podcast right now. Hi, hey. welcome to Second City. I'm calm, I'm collected, uh-huh. and I'm ready to do the show. And I'm Will Kane. Oh, usually say you're the something of something, but I'll okay. I'm Theo Sapakos, and I'm um, the Sultan of Swing, baby. I'm- <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, dude. I'm ready. And I'm Theo Sabacos, and I have a lot of manic energy, and my audio is intact. Release the tapes. (laughs) Release the tapes. We could have a very one-sided beginning to this if we wanted to have that. But no, I was not able to recover my files. But this is a podcast where we don't need to recover the files. We're already in the dumpster, baby. We're dumpster diving our way through the internet, and we get those good morsels. Ooh, that's is that a Garfield telephone? Yes, please. I'm putting that in. A <laughs> Wait, is that a real box. item? Can I please have? Ooh, can I have that? That is absolutely. Did you actually <laughs> this Garfield is actually telephone? A, a is that a real opener. thing? This is a better opener. Um, because this is an impromptu segment. Did you not hear about um all the Garfield phones on the French beach? What? This, no. That feels like a weird like song from <laughs> it 2008, like, like the, the French Garfield No, it sounds bomb. like a dystop- dystopian news story. What happened? Tell me about these Garfield phones that I apparently missed out on. We are immediately getting into this. We are going to go immediately to, uh, I have not read any of these, but I'm going to go with the Smithsonian. Seems reliable. 
Why have Garfield phones been washing ashore in France for 30 years? <laughs> okay, we hate Did Mondays for 30 years. <laughs> Did you not All know right. about this? Tell me they about this. Have, they even have a picture, which I will send to you uh, right now, because it's fantastic and really sets the scene. Oh, no. Of a, of a sandy-ass Garfield phone. on the beach. It's a terrible phone. I don't know why anybody would buy this, but he's smugly sitting on the sand. I bet his eyes probably, they look like they probably open up yep. and the, it's on his back. Like it is the length of his back is right. the phone. I, You're speaking I would personally right love this. Like a sort of a flank steak cut of Garfield yeah. and you take out the phone. <laughs> You ripping out his spine yeah, like right. your scorpion. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. you speak it to it. That should be a new Mortal Kombat. You rip out the spine and then you use it as a phone. Hello? Mm, yep. And do you know, this has a very, for, for somebody who doesn't know what this is, I feel like this is going to be mystifying to you. The mystery has been solved, but environmental advocates aren't celebrating. Of course they aren't. What, what? does that mean? Brigitte cats? Brigitte cats? Correspondent, April 1st, 2019. It started in the 1980s. Brained orange fragments of Garfield novelty phones were spotted washing up, up on a stretch of coastline in Brittany, France. For the past 30 years or so, locals have been finding coiled phone cords, receivers, and feline heads strewn across the shore. <laughs> oh, God. Feline heads makes it feline sound heads, really like gross. Feline heads, like it's a fucking oh, cult. No. Like, <laughs> like it's a, a Son of Sam oh, no. documentary. It's like, these pucks are full of dead cats. Um, beach cleaners would pick them up. Inevitably, the cat phones, with their mocking smirks, came back. The source of the pollution was a disconcerting mystery. Claire Simon, uh, Simonine Lemur, president of the environmental group, R. Villetsu. Can you tell that I'm from English descent? That I, <laughs> <laughs> my mouth cannot form There's French a million words. vowels and you don't know what to do. Yeah. Um... Washington Post uh, of the Washington Post uh, that activists were worried that phones were drifting up from a lost shipping container at the bottom of the ocean where the plastic merchandise from the comic strip Garfield didn't even need to say that everyone knows who Garfield is uh, could be contaminating the marine ecosystem. After what do you years mean? Of speculation. What do you, hey, I'm sure those yeah. fish down there are fucking loving these cat phones. I'm sure They're, all these dolphins out there <laughs> are swimming around going, hey, Bob, you checked out the cool fucking garfield <laughs> pile i'm gonna i'm gonna fight back on that because um even human children if there's a big pile of garfield phones in a big landfill i think uh -huh. people would go there and go this is a fun thing hello <laughs> lasagna can you get that delivered <laughs> like people doing those bits but then you you wouldn't go back constantly <laughs> it's a really a one and done kind of situation you don't think the dolphins are really swimming fish. around all day and and gar the pile of garfield isn't living rent free in their heads i think here's my new campaign all right ready mm -hmm. for this instead of cleaning up the mess we just dump a shipping container full of garfield comics down there to give them some context they have no context for this <laughs> okay, cat. Hey, they, they needed the context to really get the become consumers. Exactly. Of, of products. And that's exactly. how we're going to expand the market. Then we'll have to fight them to get them back. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it did turn out to be a big uh, shipping container. Just spoilers. I'm not going to read the entire article because it's like, just like, beginning. I was going to prepare for this. Yeah. It was a big shipping container that was like mostly empty by now because it got. Because all the Garfields like, had swum away. In the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They went swimming. No, it was in a, a 
big cave and there is it, it opened up and there's enough like tons that just came flowing out and every once in a while they would show up on the beach but anyway wow. that's Garf- garfield phone for you that's your that's your weekly garfield facts segment brought to you by segment city where yeah. when if you're if you're staying orange you're in the Fuck, I yep. set myself up by saying orange. Can, There's yeah. nothing that rhymes with orange. <laughs> I fucking set myself up. Oh, fool, no. You goddamn dunked fool. myself. <laughs> oh, I immediately you, realized. The hubris of you to try to immediately <laughs> go for orange instead of the best rhyming word, lasagna. Now, Theo, if you wouldn't mind, because... Uh, our our little uh, technical difficulty didn't get us into the segments, really. Right. So let's get right into your first segment. Yeah, my first segment, reintroducing it to Will, but first time intro to the, did, to the listeners I, out there. I had already forgotten about it. So already forgotten. Worry. It's like it's like a brand new thing. This is an in the news that comes from Kotaku, and it's titled, Nobody Wants to Buy the Ugly Crypto House. <laughs> no. It's an ugly no, crypto house. The, now here's the thing, Theo. Do you want uh, me to make the same joke that <laughs> no, was I so don't. Powerful because you know, Will, I have to tell you, while it was powerful, it wasn't that good of a goof. It was a pretty average goof. It was, it was in the context. It was fun. It was joke flow. I felt the flow. It was I felt great. the flow. All right, we're but starting off with this with this article. Starts off, good evening, savvy property investors and interested home so, buyers. Have you ever dreamed can, of a move to of a move to Hollywood where you put off but where you put off by a million dollar price tag? Well, have I got a deal for you? If First, I'm not getting everything bagels at this seminar, I'm going to be furious. We have and cheese, fresh fruit. cheese sticks in the back. That's all oh, we can offer man. you. Enjoy your shitty cheese sticks. They're all sweaty and warm. All right. Everyone's wearing suits. Nobody's comfortable, and no. nobody likes each other at this. <laughs> at <laughs> this this, does sound like at a this big ugly seminar. property TED talk. For sale yeah. is this four bedroom, three bathroom family home located just minutes from the North Hollywood Shopping Center, surrounded by an array of shops, dining, and entertainment options. The property has been recently updated with vaulted ceilings and a kitchen that flows seamlessly into the living and dining areas with a wide and spacious floor plan. Normally, a house like that in a location like this would sell for well over $1 million. But this is no normal house. This is the Don't crypto you. house. For very obvious reasons, what? nobody wants to buy it. It is in all caps, the crypto house as they have as they have branded <laughs> this home. Wait, oh, oh, hold on. I, this The crypto, this is a physical, the fact that I have to ask the question this is, is this a is, physical house is it really is a physical house on the market that is called is. the crypto house. It is called the Crypto House. Now, here's the Is it like the Crypto.com Arena or whatever that was? No, this house is just full of NFT iconography and wallpaper <laughs> that is just everywhere no. in the house. Oh. They must think okay. that you are very into NFTs and oh. crypto to own this house. Wait, hold on. Uh-huh. The... Do you then own the NFTs that are in the house? Like, is it all just like cons- bad ape uh, I don't... wallpaper with the ugly apes? So there is an image here of all the uh, what are they called bored apes, all the all the bored apes yeah, bored as a apes. as a wallpaper all on the walls. I don't think <laughs> I don't think there's any. Just like NFTs, you don't own anything by owning this wallpaper. No, <laughs> so you don't get the they don't it doesn't come with it. No, it does not come deal. with any NFTs. It is just NFT. De- it's like if someone were like, I have 
the pretzel house and you're like obviously it's not made of pretzels what's that mean it just means there's pretzels mm-hmm. everywhere same same thing here uh, okay but at least with pretzel house i could play a fun game of is this a real pretzel is this a pretzel is can, this you, a pretzel? can i bite this but nope, pretzels that's are a door handle. Hard, so you gotta do a little bit of effort. <laughs> <laughs> but nope, that's metal. Ow, my teeth. You know, ow, ow, ow. Originally listed in October 2022 for 1.2 million, a complete lack of interest in this property has been seeing has seen <laughs> its asking price plummet to just 949,000 in just a matter of weeks. It's not just buyers who are shunning the house either. It's listed on Airbnb as well with a vacancy rate of 100%. Yep, that's about right, everybody. <laughs> that's once you get out of the uh twitter sphere once you get out of the internet and touch some grass you realize <laughs> that people are not willing to pay you <laughs> the price of that grass if it's on the crypto property in another image they have uh redone the living room and they have painted the rim of the fireplace a metallic gold and they mm. have some nice pink chairs to complement it and then they oh. have these shitty pixel art like little avatars on the wall which are clearly nfts but they're just mm-hmm. such shit art, as as we all know. So NFTs just the are want to be loudest, most obnoxious colors. Yes, um, with to accommodate the most loud, obnoxious people. Yes. Yeah, Here's okay, how the cool. agents describe the house uh, on property site Zillow. Incredible opportunity for first-time home buyers, developers, and slash or investors. A contemporary mm-hmm. four-bed, bedroom, three-bath home featuring a bonus structure pool a spacious outdoor area perfect for entertaining and relaxing i've i've seen the images it looks neither entertaining nor relaxing my <laughs> friends oh, is that perfect is that perfectly entertaining <laughs> you're not in like absolutely enraptured when I'm, you're there yes i'm not coveted by a pocket of covered in a pocket of warmth i've never been happier <laughs> i've never been more entertained or relaxed in my life <laughs> Situated on a quiet street in a highly desirable pocket of North Hollywood, the home has been recently updated to complement the large windows and skylights throughout. The primary bedroom features faulted ceilings while the kitchen flows seamlessly into the living room. Areas with blah, 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 blah. Uh, They don't... (laughs) What they're not mentioning is the fact that the house is packed with crypto and NFT stuff splashed across almost every wall from board ape wallpaper to a bedroom covered with the... A bedroom covered in the doge face. <laughs> the, the doge face? Like Apparently. They just, there uh, is what? even, right next to the kitchen, a huge neon sign that lights up to display the words crypto house. Why <laughs> <laughs> the are they trying? In North Hollywood, they're like, bring all the crypto money up here. Get the crypto like, money up here now. We they, need to entertain the youths. There's also a room with prints of tweets all over the walls and another themed entirely Ugh. around Bitcoin logos. This and the fireplace like a is a metallic purple. I I wouldn't want to be there. Like if somebody was like, hey, do you want to come to the crypto house to have a sick party? I'd be you like, I want to get no. together rip a fat bong in the crypto house, dude. <laughs> And we only have enough weed for one bong rip. <laughs> gotta say, that's... <laughs> Do, can you bring your own, actually? Can you bring, can you bring some jicks, too? Because there's actually, uh, actually zero. No, I put all my money in uh, NFTs, and I actually don't have any money for anything else now. I kind of min-maxed in life. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm maxed how much bullshit I could really spend. I minimized I did my min- bank account, and I maximized my bullshit. <laughs> yeah, and I also min my uh, 
talking to girls and also my League of Legends MMR. Exactly. It's really bad. A quick look at the properties. Uh, sales history shows that it sold in 2016 for 520000 then September 21, presumably to the current owners, who had been renting it out as a content space for 960000 which is oh, way over the 885000 asking price from just a month earlier. So uh, then they have a link to tour this home. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't know who's... I don't know who's buying it. And even if you were... To repaint it after you move in, you know, you know the Doge was lurking underneath those (laughs) those sheets of veneer. You know, I'm sorry. Is this a weird version of the Amityville horror where they're just like, did you know that people's dreams died here? They they (laughs) there's so much cringe that it haunts the place until today. Until today. Some say they've redone the house a thousand times and still the bored apes roam these halls. They had to manufacture that wallpaper, right? Somebody had, either like, that they had to make it custom. Like, yeah, either that or it's, like, hand done, which is, like, even Ugh. maybe more depressing. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Not Anyways, so uh, I'm gonna. That's I'm I'm eyeing some properties here. You know, I'm eyeing it. I'm keeping my yeah. keeping my finger on the pulse of the. See, the real you joke <laughs> is that the people that invested in crypto are in no way making sound investments, such as in property. So this was never going to <laughs> succeed. I mean, I don't know about North Hollywood. I don't know how the price is. <laughs> what, is a one million house? Uh, I don't know, but I do, I think of property as a better value investment than, oh, than crypto, NFT. Absolutely. Yeah, like cryptos. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it, people were, people still are like, are NFTs good? Like they have no, people don't know. It's, it's, it's. Uh, the most flagrant scam. It doesn't make any. Listen, pur- purchasing crypto is not an investment because the, crypto is a currency. It's like saying I'm buying euros as an investment. It's a currency. You're val- you're you, banking I mean, on the value you, of the currency appreciating versus the dollar. Yeah, you're betting on and that's going to appreciate more. But all that is is basically just a Ponzi scheme because it's just the more people that buy right. in. I dropped my water bottle. Don't freak out. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't freak out. Yeah. Oh, man, that could create a mess, for all I know. Anyway, sorry, but, audio listeners. Yeah. It's, it's literally, there's been more failed NFT, like, a crypto shit. <laughs> like, all the CEOs are like, and anyway, they're searching for this terrible man who defrauded <laughs> everybody of all their things because he did the simplest scam in crime. the world. But it's not even like smart stuff. It's just people who don't understand and they saw that Bitcoin got really expensive, like rose up and everyone was like, I want that though. I want to be rich. But then they don't. But then it's a second wave where it's like, you're not going to get the first wave again. Like that was like one in a million like weirdos did that. They got money. (laughs) Second wave, everyone knows about it. It's like the, the Beanie Babies thing. Where it's like the well, Beanie Babies re- were, and like Superman comics, yeah. where people are, like they mass produce them, and it's like the only reason old Superman comics are are like super high value is because they're rare, like right. the, and nobody right. kept them. So if, if you mass produce, yeah. Anyway, it's <laughs> anyways it's that's the crypto house. But I hope that your next segment isn't dumb and valueless. Oh, oh, oh mm, well, it is very dumb. Okay, um, it did cause a lot of value of property damage though oh uh this is a wikipedia historian okay i'm in and i'm going and i'm going to say that i'm I'm using a wikipedia article for this and i'm also going to uh 
harken back to a documentary that is also about the subject. Okay. This is the Wikipedia page for Marvin Hemeyer. Now, I, I doubt that you've heard... Never heard of him. ...this name. Because he... he let's just start right into the article, and I will uh, tell you <laughs> the actual title of this segment in a little bit. Marvin jo- John Hemeyer uh, was an American automobile muffler repair shop owner who, following a dispute with town official, demolished... Numerous buildings with a modified bulldozer in Granby, Colorado, in June 4th, 2004. I know what this is. Do you know what it's called? Is it called the Death Dozer? No, it's the Kill Dozer. The Kill Dozer. I was so close. Kill Dozer. Kill Dozer. I've been meaning to do this for a while because um, it's a great. uh, Amy and I watched the documentary for this, which is called Tread. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I just watched it right before <laughs> we did this podcast. So it is kind of fresh in my mind. Um, so this man, Marvin Hemeyer is the, the perpetrator, I guess, of the killdozer. 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 Uh, Hemeyer had feuded with Granby town officials, particularly over fines for violating health, city health ordinances after he purchased property with no sewage system. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, o- over about 18 months, Hemeyer had secretly modified a Komatsu uh, bulldozer by adding layers of steel and concrete, intending to serve as armor. On June 4, 2004, Hemeyer's feud with Granby c- culminated in a spree in which he used the armored bulldozer to demolish the Granby Town Hall, the former mayor's house, and several other buildings. This is just a summary. Like, we <laughs> he will get demolished the, the Town things. Hall? Jesus yeah. Christ. Uh, Hemeyer's rampage uh, concluded in a sad way with his suicide. Uh, after his bulldozer became trapped in the basement of a hardware store, uh, he had been in the process of destroying. That sounds trapped like he in the basement, like, fell, like it fell in. Yeah, right. He, no, it was only one of the tracks that fell in because he was taking out one of the walls, but he didn't know it had a basement, so he got stuck. Oh, uh, um, wow. So anyway, let's get right into his background. Um, Marvin Hemeyer was born October 28th, 1951 in South Dakota and lived in Grand Lake, Colorado, about 16 miles away from Granby. According to a neighbor, Hemeyer moved to the town more than 10 years before his incident. His friend stated that he had no relatives in Granby, uh, in the Granby Grand Lake area. Uh, I can add more context that he was, uh, stationed in, I think the air force there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just liked Colorado enough that he's like, I'm going to stay here. And okay. he, he learned how to weld. And so that's how he kind of made his profession. Um, John Bouldertree, a friend of Hemeyer, said that he was a likable person. Hemeyer's brother, Ken, stated that he, quote, would bend over backwards for anyone. He would bend over backwards for a killdozer anytime. I told him, hey, man, we're having a barbecue. You should bring your killdozer. And he said, sure. Anything that's got the killdozer has got old Bob. <laughs> and the kids can climb on it, and we could have a grill on the top, and it'll be great. But, um, however, while many people describe Hemeyer as an affable person, local resident Ch- Christy Baker claimed that her husband was threatened by Hemeyer after refusing to pay for a disputed muffler repair. Baker said her husband later paid Hemeyer $124, which is really funny and very small thing to put in a Wikipedia article. Like, <laughs> yeah, give like closure to the thing of, like, he and then he paid him. And then it was he paid fine. Him. It was he, fine. He's a man of his word. Um, so this, so Marvin Hewire 
the beginning of the Dread documentary does the thing where they're like, let's really like amp up how much people like this guy. And he does seem like a nice guy, like in all of his things. Right. But they um, follow the usual path of like, look at how relatable and, then, and nice he is. And then literally and at like the 30 minute point. point. Yeah. It's like, okay, we're going to get into why he's also ridiculous. Um, so this, this is kind of where his, he starts to crack a little bit. In 1992, Heemeyer purchased two acres of land at the Resolution Trust Corporation. The federal agency organized to handle the assets of failed savings and loan uh, associations for $42,000 to build a muffler shop. He, be- he got it at an auction. Foreclosed, yeah, okay. Um, he subsequently agreed to sell the land to Cody uh, Dochef to build a concrete batch plant, Mountain Park Concrete, for $250,000. According to Susan Dorchiff, uh, Heemeyer changed his mind and increased the price to $375,000. This uh, then to a deal worth approximately $1 million. So basically he was having this dispute where – because it doesn't really go into the actual zoning. He buys, buys his land. Um, they – basically the reason why he was uh, having a problem was because there, he wasn't connected to the town line. But to do that, he would have to go through the other guy's property. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where like and he gets really mad at the entire town for this like it, gets, he gets, basically feels like everybody's riled. against him yeah, yeah he, he gets, gets riled, riled and, and there's one family like the Thompsons that were uh, he especially was like they're running the like entire they're like the rich family or whatever this is, some, like, small, this <laughs> is some small town drama it is the smallest town drama you've ever seen it's, a, it's about a, a sewage line ultimately I'm going to I'm going to say that this is this is a man who is taking revenge on the world for nothing. For it nothing, is like, right? It is, for the pettiest it is the, shit. It is literally the righteous indignation. I'm going to get my justice for myself. Like that is the <laughs> level right. that we're, yeah. we're. A man can only handle so much pressure <laughs> until he finally just snaps under the pressure. Which uh, Marvin Heemeyer, they have like in the documentary, they have recordings of him because he he basically like went through this in this is him by the way being an asshole is mm-hmm. is with the increased pricing because he didn't like this guy already and he felt he had a feud with him and the guy was like hey i'm willing to buy your prop like you for you way over for, for, for a two hundred thousand dollar profit yeah literally like and then he just amped it up to the point that he's like i'm just looking for a fight um this negotiation happened before the rezoning proposal was heard by the town council in 2001 granby zoning commission and trustees approved the construction of the concrete plant Heemeyer unsuccessfully appealed the decision, claiming the construction blocked access to his shop. He was subsequently fined uh, $2,500 for not having a septic tank on the property of uh, his muffler shop occupied, which he basically thought he was in like a weird catch-22 of like, ah, you're just making me like this is the town working against me. And it's all the money amounts is like tens of thousands of dollars. Like right. <laughs> the, the most anyone ever talks about in this is the one million like that is the scale which, that we're which was about. yeah which was considered the ludicrous ask right so but but it's a man who feels like he's been wronged by society and especially these fat cats in this tiny town of granby <laughs> who, colorado who's the fat cat point to the fat cat literally he's a fat man who is like <laughs> one of the rich brothers like they're they call him the most hardworking millionaires that you've ever seen because they're like two guys with uh, like double chins and the uh big overalls and stuff and they're like yeah we got some trucks and stuff that we buy and those are our toys and we actually like work on our company with our hands and they don't hire people to do this stuff for some reason and they're just like we just lack doing it and yeah. it's like okay they don't seem like right. they don't seem like bad dudes 
I will say, so there, I feel like there's two ends that were shown by Tread. This is before we get into the actual, the good stuff, which is the bulldozer parts. Um, (laughs) There's his, Marvin Heemeyer's version of events, which is, I'm a wronged man, and there's nobody, he's from South Dakota, so he just kind of had this kind of Midwestern accent, and there's nothing, these people keep pushing me to the edge, (laughs) and there's no, there's only so much, and you know what, if somebody, and he keeps talking about that, like, if somebody had stopped me, like, there was points that he was like, I bought this big bulldozer, and he expected people to go, like, what's up with the bulldozer? And, like, to be like, are you making a killdozer? <laughs> no one. Oh, my God. And so, and so he has these, <laughs> like, rationality <laughs> where he's like, nobody stopped me from doing it, so I just did it. Nobody and said like, the words, stop building a killdozer to me, so I took that as a go-ahead. Or like he, he was like I, and then he took a vacation and stuff, and we'll get into it when he's actually building the killdozer. But it's like he's like I was looking for some reason to not do it. Like the, he he tried to make himself seem like a reasonable man. He did not have to do any of this. No. I'm going to say from the outset, no. this is him going crazy. Uh, he Meyer's bulldozer, and this is by the way a subsection called the bulldozer. Mm-hmm. Uh, was a modified Kamatsu D355A, which he referred to as the MK tank in on, uh, audio recordings, fitted with a makeshift armor plating covering the cabin, engine, and parts of the tracks. This thing is a fucking tank. Like, one of the police officers um, described it as, like, a World War One tank, yeah. which it kind of does look like. Right, because those, I mean, treads, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, in places, this arm was over one foot or 30 centimeters thick, Jesus. consisting of 5,000 PSI uh, quick creek concrete mix sandwiched between sheets of tool steel uh, to make ad hoc composite armor. So he had two pieces of, of steel and then put cement between them, and those were the armor platings. Jesus, wow. Like, lit- fucking, like, insane. Uh, this made the machine impervious to small arms fire and resistant to explosives. Three external explosions and more than 200 rounds of ammunition fired at the bulldozer, bulldozer had no effect on it. For visibility, the bulldozer was fizzed, fitted with several video cameras linked to two monitors mounted on the vehicle's dashboard. Because that was one of the things that the cop said is they're just like, how the fuck is he seeing? See like, yeah, it's all there's closed no, in. Right. There's no windows. Um, the cameras were protected on the outside by three inch, uh, or 76 millimeter shields of clear bulletproof Lexan compressed air nozzles were fitted to blow dust away from the video cameras. So that wow. shows how much he thought yeah, about he it. Thought he about literally it. was like, oh, there's going to be dust. I should like, so I can see, I'm going to have like have right. lines that'll right. blow dust away. He must've done some tests. Honestly, he probably did test runs and was like, I can't see better install those. I'm, I'm. We're going to get to, like, his actual, in, uh, like, the way he did it, but that's in a little bit. But um, onboard fans and air conditioner were used to keep Heemeyer cool while driving. He had made three gun ports fitted with a 50 caliber rifle. Oh, my God. A thir- <laughs> 308-caliber semi-automatic rifle and a 22-caliber rifle, all fitted with a uh, one-half-inch thick steel plate. Authorities initially speculated that he may have used a homemade crane found in his garage to lower the armor hull over the dozer and himself. Heemeyer apparently had no intention of leaving the cabin once he entered it. Quote, once he chipped that lid shut, he knew he wasn't getting out, Daly said. 
Investigators searched the garage where they believed that Hemeyer built the vehicle and found cement and armor steel. Which, and this is a quote from Hemeyer himself. Uh, it was interesting. It was interesting to observe that I was never caught. Hemeyer wrote, "This was a part-time project over the one and a half year time period." He was surprised that several men who had visited the shed late the previous year had not noticed the modified bulldozer. Quote, especially with the 2,000-pound lift fully exposed, somehow their vision was clouded. Like, this is him trying I mean, to, like, if they had stopped me, like... He sounds like he lives in the backwoods and was doing whatever the fuck... He was just messing around in his tool shop. Is, and, and he was like, why didn't people stop me? I could have just been stopped. This is the nuts part, though. So he... The land that he uh, was like fighting over, he had sold to a a trunking company, like or like a, a dump company that had to like store their trucks at the location and paid him like a ton of money. He he got like four hundred thousand dollars. Jesus. Um. So he was doing well. He was doing so, fine. But he rented basically. He had a big uh like shed, and then one of his also things is like the bulldozer fit perfectly into the shed like it just like was this big sheet metal thing and he lived in there mm-hmm. and had like running water and like just slept in there and had a few movies and stuff and one of them was a vin diesel movie <laughs> used as an example of like and it's about a man who's wronged and then like push gets revenge and stuff. yeah exactly and so um so he lived in there and and they the people that were renting the space looked into it and were like oh they didn't mention anything because he had tarps over it, which mm-hmm. is another thing. It's like, oh, if probably because they weren't looking stop for anything. You, like, don't yeah, put right. tarps over it. Like, right. they didn't think it, you had a fucking killdozer. Like, why the fuck would anyone think you had a killdozer? Um, so he, by the way, he came up with this idea um, in his hot tub. Like, there's an entire scene in the documentary where it's, like, from the back view, like, back of his head, and he's just like, and I was sitting in my hot tub, and I was thinking about all the people that wronged me, and I came to the conclusion that I had to do this. And he didn't have to do this. He didn't have to do this. You're supposed to just relax in your hot tub. Just be chill, man. He, like, it was to the point that he was, like, going, and he did, like, a farewell tour, almost. Like, he went to Disneyland with some friends, and he went, like, snowmobiling that he loved doing a bunch. And then he, like, went and saw his family for, like, the last time for his father's funeral and stuff. And then he's, like, time to time to doing do this. Farewell, farewell tour? Jeez. Yeah. Um, so now let's get into the demolition itself. Uh, on June 4th, 2004, Hemeyer drove his armored bulldozer through the wall of his former business, the concrete plant, the town hall, and the office of the local newspaper that editorialized against him, the home of a former mayor in which the mayor's widow then resided, and a hardware store owned, owned by another man Hemeyer named is in such a, This is such a small town. Absolutely he drove to the town is. of the mayor. His widow was there. He literally just drove through the like, entire town, uh, as well as a few others. Hemeyer had leased his business to a trash company, like I said, and then sold the property several months before the rampage. The attack lasted two hours and seven minutes, damaging 13 buildings, and nat- uh, knocked out natural gas services to the town and concrete plant, damaged a truck, and damaged part of a, a utility service center. Despite the great damage to the property, no one besides Hemeyer, by a self-inflicted gunshot wound, was killed in the event. What I It is weird... Be- he did have rifles and he did shoot at people and that huh. and they might get into this later, but he did try to also like blow up an entire like fuel tank at one point. Like he tried shooting at it, but because of the way that the rifle was angled, it was like hitting his own like 
uh, what's it called? The thing at the front of the bulldozer. Like it wasn't actually hitting the thing. And huh. it saved lives because he wasn't able to. Like he was, he was not, he's not a hero. I'm going to say. No, of course he, not. Because he, he didn't, had reckless abandon and he did drive into places that people were actively in. Like he was yeah. not, he did not give no. a fuck. He was just go driving through. Um, the damage was estimated at, and I want to give me a guesstimate. You said 13 buildings. He get, yeah, he destroyed 13 buildings, which I'm going to say is like knocking it out a few of the walls mostly and like going in because like how much can you actually go in you can't like he wasn't like driving right 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 yeah Yeah. that was probably his vision of it was just driving straight through but you have to like account for being blocked by there's only so much force you can apply they said he was pretty organized like he he had a plan like he had a (laughs) he had an itinerary i'll Um, say a million and a half dollars is my is that ballpark million seven million wow seven million in damage uh, according to Grand County Commissioner James Newberry, emergency dispatchers use the reverse 911 emergency s- system to notify many residents and property owners of the rampage going on in town. Defenders of Hemeyer contended that he made a point of not hurting anybody during his bulldozer rampage. Yeah, nonsense. Non- I call yeah. nonsense. Uh, Ian Doherty, Do- Doherty, a bakery owner, said Hemeyer, quote, went out of his way not to harm anyone. Others offered different views. The sheriff's department argued the fact that no one was injured was not due to good intent as much as to good luck. Hemeyer had installed two rifles and firing ports on the inside of the bulldozer and fired 15 bullets from his rifle at power transformers and propane tanks. Quote, had these tanks ruptured and exploded, anyone within a half mile of the explosion could have been endangered, the sheriff's department said. Twelve police officers and residents of a senior citizen's complex were within such a range. So, like, he was not, he was, like, actively gunning for it like it was just cause. Hemeyer fired many bullets from a semi-automatic rifle at Cody Doshiff, uh, who's the guy who, who had the concrete plant that was next to him. Mm. Um, when Doshiff tried to stop the assault on the concrete plant by using a scraper, which was pushed aside by Hemeyer's bulldozer. There's a, uh, we'll actually get into this, but there, <laughs> there's a great, because there was times that they tried to use other bulldozers to battle him. Yeah. Which is great. To, but we'll, we'll get into to that. get out like the Transformers, this, like, all right, boys, the, it's time. To, I knew it was worth investing in the mounted, mounted uh, <laughs> bulldozer unit. This is does, the best military <laughs> unit in the world. You boys have seen a lot of training and not a lot of action, but it's finally time. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of that was actually probably true because they did just get like local. But it is funny how in the documentary they do a good job of like almost the GTA like star levels of going up. Right. Because because he goes immediately to the concrete. He bursts out of his own uh, like shed. Yeah. There's a concrete plant. They try to like start like trying to figure it out so they throw rebar into his tracks does nothing does they nothing, try like yeah. shooting at it does nothing like try to run into him does nothing police get called more police get called like it, and then <laughs> it becomes a whole thing um to the point that like even a guy like jumps on the top and is trying to like shoot into the thing like oh my God. It's, it, 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 it's crazy um to do later he fired on two state patrol officers before they fired at him the sheriff's department also noted that 11 of the 13 buildings Hemeyer bulldozed were occupied until moments before their destruction. At the town library, for example, and this is the worst part, uh, a children's program was in progress when the incident began. Oh, Lord. 
And they were like the first floor was a library, so it's not like he didn't know that. Like it was not a surprise that there would be children there. Um, one officer dropped a flashbang grenade down the bulldozer's exhaust pipe with no apparent effect. That was the guy that jumped on top. They just started like <laughs> do anything, nothing. like try know. something. Local and state patrol, including a SWAT team, walked behind and beside the bulldozer, occasionally firing. <laughs> just like, just like just well, what do we do? <laughs> All right, hope he gets tired. <laughs> but the armored bulldozer was impervious to their shots. Attempts to disable the bulldozer's cameras with gunfire failed as the bullets were unable to penetrate the three-inch uh, thick bulletproof plastic. At one point, undersheriff Glenn Trainer climbed atop the bulldozer and rode it, quote, like a bronc buster, trying to figure out its way to get a bullet inside the dragon. Which is a weird way, <laughs> like a little turn of phrase for All this right, little dragon. Under- open sheriff. your mouth, lift up your tongue, dragon. All right, it's time. I- <laughs> I'm going to shoot you. The term, the, I like that the term sheriff is uh, capitalized, but under sheriff <laughs> is not. It is it is all lowercase. Um, however, he was forced to jump at, off in, to avoid being hit with debris. Like, he was, like, on board. He's like, oh, he's going to the building. Oh, jeez. At this point, local authorities uh, and the Colorado State Patrol feared they were running out of options in terms of firepower and that Hemeyer would soon turn against citizens in Granby. Governor Bill Owens allegedly considered authorizing the National Guard to use either an Apache attack helicopter equipped with a Hellfire missile or a two-man fire team equipped with a Javelin anti-tank missile to destroy the bulldozer. (laughs) Oh, my God. So literally, they are like ramping up to rocket launchers. Um, This was quickly deemed unnecessary when Hemeyer became trapped in the basement of of a Gamble's hardware store. Uh, As late as 2011... Governor Owen's staff still vehemently denied considering such a course of action. <laughs> See, that is, that, that's They're horseshit. still talking about it. He 100% was like, get this rocket in here now. Get the like, rocket get down. Get the helicopter. Since then, members of the state patrol revealed that, to the contrary, the governor did consider authorizing an attack, but ultimately decided against it due to the pen- potential I mean, for I, collateral damage. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't blame him for considering it. If the die, if the like, if the killdozer happened to be like, you know, driving across an open field and there was no one within three miles, yeah, then like, yeah, consider it, yeah. right? But no, it, it would have done more damage than he did. With the, the bulldozer. Right. Um, various problems arose as Hemeyer destroyed the Gamble's hardware store. The radiator of the bulldozer had been damaged and the engine was leaking various fluids. Yeah, that's not good. And it was like smoking, like active, because they have right. footage for all this. And the, right. like you see footage of him absolutely fucking up houses. Like he, he absolutely tears through these buildings. Jeez. Um, and it's and people are also, they had like cops walking next to it and they, they're like <laughs> escorting it because they're like, what do we do? What do we you do? Can't, Nothing. Like, hurt him. At any point during um, the documentary, do you find yourself kind of rooting for him? Like, yeah, get get that hardware store. Yeah, bring it down. <laughs> There's, it's, uh, we'll, we'll kind of get into that in, in my like wrap up of what I think about all the people. But mm-hmm. when he's actually doing, I, cause I do feel bad that they're, if they were all empty buildings, yes. I would absolutely be like, get it. Because <laughs> most of them were like the weird, like basic, like sheet metal buildings. Like they weren't right. They weren't, they weren't like super constructed anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it, it's mostly like he was trying to run over kids. <laughs> I find objectionable. Um, so it started spewing uh, all the smoke. Boulder's engine failed because basically at that point it hadn't stopped until then. So it just right. like the moment it stopped, it was done. Yeah. Um, 
and it dropped a tread into the store's basement and could not get out. About a minute later, one of the SWAT team members who had swarmed around the machine reported hearing a single gunshot from the inside of the sealed cabin. It was later determined that Hemeyer had shot himself in the head with a handgun. Police first used explosives in an attempt to remove the steel plates. But after the third explosion failed, they cut through with a cutting torch, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, Grand County Emergency Management Director Jim Holohan stated that the authorities were able to access and remove Hemeyer's body at 2 a.m. on June 5th. So the next day. The next day. He did this, but this this is at like 2 p.m., by the way. This entire rampage. Right. Um, Like midday. Um, And it was another weird thing about that was they were like, yeah, he would have been dead from the explosion anyway. Like they were not looking to get him out alive. Like it is, it is interesting to me that it it is like, I don't know what you do with him. Cause I'm like, part of me is like, I don't want you to kill him because he is only destroying property, but he's also shooting at people. If he's shooting at people, if he's armed, I mean, yeah, it, it seems like, I don't know. How do you yeah. how do you bring that down in a non-lethal way? It's like pretty pretty hard to think about. Yeah. So uh, so for his motivation, in addition to writing that he left on the wall of his shed, which is yeah, same person thing to do. You know. Uh, Haymeyer recorded three audio tapes explaining his motivations for the attack. The tapes contain two separate recordings on each side for a total of six recordings. And he mailed these to his brother in South Dakota, Dakota, <laughs> shortly before stepping into his bulldozer. Um, they also said that basically he gave all of his money to, cause he was like relatively wealthy at this point, hmm, um, right. for that area. Um, and he gave all of his money in like $50,000 increments to his family to, so, and, or to his dad who then died and then willed it to the, oh, the other okay. people. So like he planned it out so that it was impossible to get the money back for like for the damages. Okay. It all right. went to his van. So, right. like, even that was like planned out <laughs> in advance. Quote God built me for this job, he Meyer oh, said in his first recording. Oh, God. He, he also said it was God's plan that he not be married or have a family so that he could be in a position to carry out such an attack. So, he's definitely huh. great. Oh. Quote I, I think God <laughs> will bless me to get the machine done to drive it to do the stuff that I have to do, he said. God blessed me in advance for the task that I'm about to undertake. It is my duty. God had asked me to do this. It's a cross that I'm going to carry, and I'm carrying it in God's name. I love the vision that God is just some bureaucrat sitting at a desk looking at a list of requests and being like, you know, this killdozer idea. I think there's something to it. I'll, I'll sign yeah. off on this. This seems <laughs> like good. I'm going to, you, you know, know what? what? I'll go as far as to pre-bless this. This, is, this mm. deserves my pre-blessed AAA guarantee. It's definitely going to happen. I bless you with this <laughs> killdozer. Investigators later found Hemeyer's handwritten list of targets, which actually does solve a, a question I had from the documentary because because <laughs> it kind of colored my expectation of, of other things later. But uh, according to police, it includes buildings he destroyed, the local Catholic church, which he did not damage, and the names of various people who, who had sided against him in past disputes. Um... So, and then he said about the, the concrete plant, uh, he held grudges over the zoning appeal, of course. Quote, I was always willing to be reasonable until I had to be unreasonable, he wrote. Sometimes reasonable men must do unreasonable things. Which yeah, I'm gonna it sounds say, like he was really into Vin Diesel. <laughs> sounds like he was really into Vin Diesel. 
he was not uh definitely he was not an average man in this regard. No, I don't. I don't think, think so. he was really doing God's will. But it, that was because they at one point because they went to like the Thompson brothers or whatever and they said uh, like you're on his list because they were like we never did Nelson to him and then like the sheriffs knew that he was on the list I they didn't explain that he actually had a physical list because that kind of because mm. he is definitely definitely in the wrong <laughs> we're gonna say he's he's, he's he a criminal yes. because he was, yes. he was a crazy person. Um, but there is like that kind of ev- – because I think everybody's had that point where they're just like, I just wish I could just – You just want to inflict pain on the bureaucracy. I get it. My enemies. Like he, he thought of them as his enemies. Like there was full on like I'm – they are out to get me. They are like having meetings to like <laughs> figure out how they're to get me kind of thing because I'm right. the new guy in town. Um, But it, it didn't – it wasn't actually that. But it was, I think it was more that like I hate you so much. Who are you? Kind of deal. <laughs> like that. That's kind of the because I when I first watched the documentary, I feel like I was a little bit more on his side. Like the other people seem kind of weird and like cagey almost. But now that I'm like rewatched it, I think the 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 truth is somewhere in the middle. Where I, it's not his full story of they're they're full of villains and they're gonna trying to destroy me, but they're like very like I, he's I don't know we didn't know anything about him and I'm just like, like I don't uh, think you didn't know anything about either him. yeah I think you maybe tried to fuck with him a little bit because the the um oh what's the other fellow's name the guy who had the concrete plant everybody described him like oh yeah he was told you his mind and also he had a very short fuse and all but he was a nice guy kind of deal yeah. and I'm like, okay that Doesn't sounds like sound, a person you're not who's describing like, a nice guy yeah it sounds like he's probably an asshole that's right. <laughs> like it was probably who probably was an asshole the entire time right um because he also did, like immediately in the the documentary grabs a gun and starts shooting immediately like he doesn't even oh God. <laughs> think about it he's like yeah fuck you i'm gonna shoot you but it's, it's so he's I think there it's somewhere in the middle, but it is leaning poor, probably more towards them because there's mm. also times that it's like he tried to sell the property and they were going to give him the money. And yeah. he was just like, no, but fuck you. Like it turned into and like the newspaper people he was even against. And they're like, they were editorializing they against him. Yeah, the exa- they even were like, we put a free ad in the paper because it's like he felt wronged. And we're like, hey, I don't want to make up to you because you're like a nice dude let's put in a free ad in the paper for like a 200 dollars value and then they showed the actual oh. ad on the thing and i'm like okay that's so nice. we got the thing done that's like nice that's to do yeah it's <laughs> a nice weird. thing to do it's just a genuinely nice thing to do and they do like the voice clip of him being like he's two-faced he doesn't know what he's doing like he's out to get me <laughs> oh and it's God. like totally the world a, is not against you my a, dude away from reality right um but it led him to just do, like ah, but there is that righteous like the justice for myself and for all the people that have wronged me. Because have you never had that just like, ooh, once they see, once <laughs> I've they never see been how so powerful. No, that I'm not. I've never see. had that moment that far. All the people who doubted me, who hated <laughs> me, they'll know. Listen, that's some, your... little, that's some like little guy energy that I just don't have. I don't have that energy, all right? <laughs> You're too tall for that I'm energy. too tall for that energy. Listen, I'm a, a six No, I don't man, mean little guy as short people. I mean, little guy isn't like the person who's being no, beat a, down upon no i've been told that i have little guy energy i've been told that i am <laughs> just a little guy I'm no it's not what i meant that's a, no underdog energy that i don't relate to <laughs> yeah, okay that's fair so f- hopefully your next segment is not going to cause as much 
righteous indignation. Hopefully not. I I would hope not. I don't know that anybody. Mm. That's pe- that's peak righteous indignation. That is he literally is maxing out the scale. He made a mountain of rubble from a molehill. Yes. Like it, <laughs> right. <laughs> Insane. Out of nothing. Well, well, we've got a returning favorite this time for my episode, for my segment, which is, hey, what what's this rap lyric mean there, buddy? Ooh. There, the good buddy. I haven't done this in a while. I haven't done this in a while. This is a, a segment in which I, of course, ask Will what rap lyrics mean. And we are, we're, we're doing this on a special occasion, mm. which is the fifth anniversary, of course, of Culture 2 by Migos, as everybody oh, of knows. Of course. <laughs> I put it on my calendar. album. We're revisiting it five years later, a half decade later. It's, it is known throughout the mm. industry, kind of as a little, you know, a, a modern classic. And so is we're going to revisit it. Okay. So I, this is from one of, the, one of the first tracks. This is a track called Superstars by Migos. Mm-hmm. First, first, first couple lines. Mm-hmm. Marvin the Martian, I'm going to put your brain up for auction. Proceed okay. with caution. Skelly AP is frosted. Scully AP? Skelly. Skelly AP is frosted. He's fro- that's the most confusing part. The Martian. That's more. Like that's, that. Wait, that's more. That's more confusing than Marvin the Martian? I know who Marvin the Martian is. I th- is he not <laughs> yes, making a Will. reference to the character? Well, much like Moby Dick, it's all an allegory. Well, I'm, okay. I need the fucking <laughs> Shakespeare play thing on the other side of the page like, to know this what is, the fuck Hello, it's mask comes off. Hello, it's me, your English teacher, making up some bullshit about what the symbolism means. Oh, this is. I, oh, man. Um, can you read those again? This is, so Marvin, Marvin the Martian. The Martian. I'm going to put your brain up for auction. Proceed with caution. Skelly AP is frosted. It is hard to foreclose. It's hard to get become bankrupt. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows this. Everybody knows this from the the crypto house. They seize your your chairs, all your furniture, all your house, and then they take your brain, which is fucked. And they that's put it insane. up for auction. That's what, that's, what, that's why you should really uh, declare bankruptcy, which is so that they don't take yeah. your brain and put it for auction. Yeah, they don't take everything from you, including your brain. Um, oh, man. I, yeah, the last one, no part of this has made sense. The moment that you said this is allegory, I was like, everything's out the window. Is, is it better like, when, I don't, when I don't tell you what it me. means? Is it better when I don't tell you what it means so you can wildly speculate? I just speculate? make boots. <laughs> it produces funnier content, but it does not produce a deeper understanding for me. Well, we're just going to keep rolling with it because it's funny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no enlightenment need to be found. Next lines. I sit back and read the offense. My hoe is addicted to faucets. To what? <laughs> <laughs> Chanel bag is ostrich. Stay down. Come up in the process. Mm, honey, I've been looking at this report of how many faucets you've been purchasing. <laughs> You've been going to the Fawcett Museum every day this week. That you have, <laughs> I've received word from three Bed Bath and Beyonds that you've so, you've bought out their entire stock, and it's going up. It's, go- it's <laughs> going up in the process. Was. It is going up. It is going up, and that's what I think it is. We're <laughs> actually going to get some good faucets. No, that's I presume about. Um, um, uh, how how to say this in a nice way? Pussy wetness. Is that no? A, it's not it. Is that maybe a crass way? No, the, <laughs> my girl's like a faucet. That's not like. No, she's addicted to faucets. I, oh, she's addicted to. Okay, so right. he's the faucet. 
<laughs> so that's good to know. <laughs> that's good to know. <laughs> so that's Great. Good to know. You've overlooked one of my the primo lines. Chanel bag is ostrich. So I don't Chanel. know. <laughs> <laughs> Chanel bag is ostrich. Me, it's yeah. just like, honey, have you seen my Chanel bag? Wait, where'd it go? Oh, it's so fast. <laughs> Put its head into it. <laughs> it's a large bird with a big attitude. It's my bag. It's in the bag. Next lines. Bag. Pink stone real rare. Bling bling blau, yeah. Mama God style, yeah. Chanel reptile player. This has been the most approachable line. Yes, yes, yet. yes. Because he, this is, I think this is also calibrating me to the level that he's on. Yeah. In terms of this, where he goes, Pink rock pretty. And then he goes, yeah, bling, yeah, bling, yeah, blau. <laughs> bling, bling, blau, yeah. Me, me, meow, 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 meow. And, then, <laughs> and we got the, the, what was the other line? The, the. Chanel reptile. <laughs> the reptilians have really just gone into every single stratosphere or every single <laughs> layer of society next, le- next year at paris fashion week you're gonna see just a reptile a reptilioid walking down <laughs> wow so reptiles are so in <laughs> does this look good with my scales i just ate a baby is that <laughs> do i look fat <laughs> Geeked on Mars, gotta give the grace up to God. That's what it says. Is there God on Mars? Wow. There's reptile God on Mars. Think about that. The only tidbit I'll actually give you from mm. this that's a reality <laughs> is the, the line about the pink stone. Apparently, yeah. Offset, who is one of the Migos, proposed to yeah. Cardi B with a custom-made ring, which apparently he spent over a half million dollars on. And it, I saw a picture of it. This ring is truly ridiculous in size. Like huge, like it's, cartoonish. It's, it is massive. It's like, it's like you, when you put your thumbs together. It's like that, that big, big. Is how big the rim, the ring. Holy, is. Oh, that's, a, that's <laughs> it's, the cartoon it's thing. Truly is, ridiculous. Does it go down to the point of a normal? Like, is it just a big ass rock? <laughs> like it's, a tiny it's little. It's truly point? massive. It is. It's ridiculous. I don't know how you could pull it off. Too much. Too much. You must have really large hands to pull off that ring. All right, next song is Narcos. Classic Narcos. T- classic tune. Here's the first mm. line. S- this one starting off strong. Skip to my loo with the pack and the cat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is... We're serious, Narcos. We've killed so many people. Now, do me a favor. And skip to my loo, my darling. <laughs> This is how you'll be initiated. You'll kill somebody, a random person, and then you'll do hopscotch with us, and we'll have a great time. <laughs> great time. <laughs> Next line is Jiffy Lube. Where the bricks? Where they at? Where are the Where are these bricks at? Where Come the on. Bri- hey, Jiffy Lube. Where the bricks oh, at? Is, this might actually be a reference to like uh, the Portland. Or like uh, protests, I think there was something what? I read about people leaving. Anyway, whatever, bricks and Jiffy Lube, like that's going to make more sense <laughs> than what I just said. Next line, dripping ooze, the Patek all wet. That's okay. You have a problem if you're dripping so much ooze that you're <laughs> the dripping ooze getting all wet. Ooze, the Patek all wet. The the Patek or the Patek pant. Uh. It's all wet. It's all I'm dripping. The birds in the <laughs> trap, they ain't leaving the house. They ain't leaving the nest. Yeah, they're dead. We got them. 
Oh, they're dead. They're dripping. They were dripping and oozing too much, and they died. Yeah, that's uh, the cloacas. It's, <laughs> oh yeah, gross. They're always it's all one goop. hole. <laughs> yeah, that's that's you know what? a unified goop is where, <laughs> unified is where goop. it's at. Yeah. Next line: baguette pave set like meth. Okay. <laughs> 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 I was like, did you okay, feel like you were? Getting... Did you feel like the waves were calming and you were sort of, you know, treading water and sort of <laughs> felt comfortable? To... I thought Baguette it was pave set like meth. I thought it was the was just doing like their version of like, okay, what's classy? What's classy? Uh-huh. Some French words. We gotta get some French words. Baguette. Baguette. We pave, gotta get baguette. Like and meth. I was like, okay, hard left they're turn. Tr- they're trying, and then they go meth. Okay. Is this this like a Twin Peaks? Like I got this baguette with brie or whatever on it, and so it's like it's a baguette, and you put meth in it, and you bite into it, and fuck, then you taste the meth. (laughs) It gets really bad. So that's your guess. It's it's meth inside a baguette, like a yeah, a, a nice French fancy boy. <laughs> you haven't told me any <laughs> you know, like a information. Good no, it's more funny when I give you no information. You're left in bewilderment. It's better content. Is it? It I is. Because these the people listening are probably also like, what the fuck does do they actually mean with these things? <laughs> Play along at home, I guess. You're not going to get the answers. <laughs> This is a this is a test where you fill in your answers and then I immediately throw away your test. <laughs> I look at the answers and have a laugh and throw them away. I don't think I'll be doing this work. <laughs> I don't think so. So another song on the album is called Emoji Emoji a Chain, which oh. basically means that they go to their jeweler and they have so much money that they make a chain that's diamonds and it's in the shape of an emoji. And that's oh, apparently like, something they did. Which like is a poop emoji. But in diamonds, but in like, diamonds, but, but like spending like a hundred thousand dollars on it, yeah. So that's a thing that I did, just wanted to mention that as as a song. Can I just say that uh-huh. I don't know how we would kind of actually structure this, uh-huh. but I think that some people deserve to be have their money taken away. <laughs> they have you, too much hey, money. Well, this whoa, is well, taxes. you're floating some dangerous non-capitalist ideas there, Will. There could be some... You know what? Maybe we should tax these people more. It sounds like they <laughs> have too much money like for... For like actually, you know what? Actually, let's just say let's just tax these people. Can we tax these people, please? Because they are getting emoji shit, and it's infuriating. All right, I got a couple more lines from you from BB, from a song called BBO. 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 Grand Lamber- green Lamborghini, a tortoise. No human being. I'm a mortal. You're a tortoise. Yeah, the tortoises live for a while. Uh-huh. Just, green Lamborghini, a tortoise. <laughs> <laughs> they, how long does this tortoise live? Well, it actually lives for. Uh, this one's been alive since uh, the Darwin came to the islands. It's Did you ever hear amazing. of? Uh, and Noah's they go Ark? immortal. That's immortal. immortal. That's me. <laughs> it's over a hundred years, immortal. Immortal. That's me. Yeah. Next line. My pinky on margarine butter. <laughs> Just a little bit. Okay, little. <laughs> Just How soft my pinky, is this margarine? My pinky on the margarine. I've claimed, oh, you want this margarine? Oh, it looks like I put my little pinky in here. Looks like it's mine. And the next, the final line. Mm-hmm. And my ears got McDonald's nuggets. <laughs> That's it. Honey, I got a very specific fetish. 
And you're about to help me with it. I want you to put these nuggets on your ears and close your eyes for about 30 minutes. You know how the kind of like sauce dipping things are in kind of the shape of an ear? (laughs) How about we work with that? (laughs) Is that something? Is that anything? What about uh, dripping ooze sauce, the paddock all wet? Is that anything? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they... Do you think these people have editors? Do you think they're... It's like, well, actually, uh, we've been thinking about the ooze demographics. Um, (laughs) And market research has actually shown that ooze is not trending right now. People don't like ooze because they People don't like ooze. They can't make a TikTok dance out of ooze. They they think of Ghostbusters two, which is not a good movie, but also has bad news. <laughs> All in the it. youths are out here always um, talking about Ghostbusters two and how it wasn't any good. <laughs> they think about the Power Rangers movie. It has Ivan Ooze yeah. in it. And he's the villain. They think about That's Slimer. Yeah, of course. They yeah, think Slimer, of Primer and Muck, the Pokemon. It just doesn't Ooze, evoke yeah, good those imagery. Are, those are all bad things. So can we just make this? Oh, maybe. Um, uh, what's a better phrasing that we can what about a, use? What about a meth baguette? Is that anything? Mm, how about we can sit, kind of spin it into a liquid who's building themselves up, bringing themselves up by their bootstraps <laughs> into a solid? Can we do that? Is there a way that we could? We're focus stressing uh, your next song, and uh, <laughs> it's not doing too well. I, you could say anything in a rap song. I'm going to say, you could say literally anything in rap song. I think people would still sing along, um, even if it was like. That's a good take I mean, away. they literally, wasn't there like Boopy Shkadoopy by, <laughs> by, by Kanye? Kanye? Yes. Yeah. That was just supposed to be like, hey, fuck you. Yep. Uh, well, thank you for sticking with me and putting up with my nonsense. And yeah. thank you to the audience for sticking up for, with our nonsense collectively and as a country. And a, now. A, 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 na- a city nation. On an yeah. island. On an island. We're an island on a hill or whatever it's called. And we have to be a representation to the world. And we have to end our podcast at a good time because these podcasts are getting too long. Well, we have to be the, the light on top of the hill and say, thank you for listening to this episode of Segment City. If you have any segments, send it to segmentcitypodcast at gmail.com. Hit up our Twitter, Segment City. Our YouTube is Segment City. And give us a rating. Give us a review on your podcast network of choice. Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, all those good places. And we would like to give uh, somebody else a review. I'd like to give a shout out to Rachel Robison. Thank you very much, Rachel, for our intro music. And, you know, I'm looking still... At this Garfield telephone, and I'm thinking, <laughs> I ho- I'm, gonna, hope, I'm hoping Rachel's that happy sitting on a beach somewhere. It, That's what I was going to say, it looks, I mean, it is smiling, but its eyes are obviously like washed away. So it is just a little bit of white at the bottom, but his yeah. eyes are closed. So he looks like he's possessed, like he's in yeah, a little bit. <laughs> The Exorcist. Um, but now we're going to do our last segment, which is going to be I was poisoned.com. I was poisoned. Leave me alone. No, no, Theo, did you know that not only is there a picture function, you can no. post pictures on no. I was poisoned. New frontier. Um, but also you can set not safe for work. You could oh, no. you could self center well, no. for well. <laughs> guess what they self center for. Oh no. Sensor it's for. not good. This is a let's do a few reviews because these are short. This is from uh, Costco Wholesale in Freshwater Boulevard in uh, Enfield, Connecticut. Hot dogs. I have five kids. Four of them ate hot dogs for lunch. They are all violently vomiting. 
symptoms, diarrhea, nausea, vomiting, and they had, guess what? Uh, not safe for work picture oh, of God. the bathroom. No, why would you? What? Hey, with the vomit. No, why on would the floor. You, why would you? <laughs> and the seat. Why would you go and be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take a picture to commemorate this moment of all this vomit and yucky stuff. But that's not the only picture that they have. They also have the picture of the actual hot dog packaging. Oh, to, no. And a zoom the in before on and the, the after. Just, just on the barcode for some reason. Like, they're going to be able to <laughs> specify the ID for the hot dogs and get, really get, a, get an agent out there to really help people out. Oh, man. But um, we're going I think to... We got, I think we got to end on that. That gross We're ending nastiness. on that? Yes, oh, man. I think we or, have to. You don't, but you don't know what some of these other things are. I'm. Can I do just one more? Okay, fine. You're gonna drag me through another sloppy. Grossness. Because this is this one doesn't have any uh, uh pictures with it, but it is from the Cheesecake Factory. Okay, and I think that is deserving of some. <laughs> it's worth our worth our time. <laughs> yeah, it's on the Grove Drive in Los Angeles, California. Today, we're not sure what specifically. But probably all the food there, we didn't eat anything else. Just the normal <laughs> breakfast that we normally we usually have. And food now I'm there. not sure, but I'm ready to write off their entire menu. <laughs> We're not sure, but it was probably all the food <laughs> that we ate that maybe gave us food poisoning, I guess. Uh we're not sure about what, but me and my mom both had cheesecake, also pasta and steak, both came poison after that. Oh, it both came poison. Both, both <laughs> came poison. Symptoms, nausea, vomiting. Other. What is other? No. What is other? I don't want to know, but I want to know. What is other? You stay safe out there, listener. Don't <laughs> came poison now. Yeah, we're leaving you, you, the audience, to discuss, to ponder what does other mean on IWasPoisoned.com. Puke, right, barf, and beyond. Yeah. Bye.